Today's message, the promise we're going to look at today is the fact that God has promised to bless his people. Now this is different a little bit than abundant life that we talked about last week, but it does kind of come off of the same idea. So God promises to bless his people. How many here today would say you feel blessed? Just the fact that we're saved, we're blessed, right? I mean, that is amazing. But God has promised to do more than just save us. He has promised to bless. And those blessings we read in Scripture, they began right from the beginning. The God we serve is not stingy or cheap. He created this world and this universe. He didn't do dollar store cheap when he created it. I like the dollar store, by the way. No, it's okay. You can go to the dollar store. But my point is, he created it to last. He created it to self-create. He created it amazingly. He made an abundant world. When he made that garden and put people in it, he made it awesome. Everything they could ever want. He made it beautiful. He didn't just make it so it would work. He made it beautiful. You see, the God we serve wants to bless, and he loves to bless his people, just like he did in the beginning. Now, he's such an amazing God, even after Adam and Eve messed it up and were tricked by the serpent, they got cast out of the garden, but God didn't quit wanting to bless his people. He still wanted to bless his people, and he made a way that he could continue to bless. And we read... Early on in Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 3, where God promises to bless a nation through Abraham. And verse 1 says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, interestingly, many of us here who enslaved Lake weren't born here. So we could say, in a sense, we were sent here. Now, maybe some of you got here, and when you got here, you wished you weren't sent here. But God sent you here. And if God sends you and you're obedient, then he will bless And you see, he told Abraham, I'm going to bless you abundantly and then bless all the families of the earth. And of course, we know that in his family line would come Jesus, the Savior of the world. But the blessing that God put on Abraham was amazing. You see, Abraham was the wealthiest man of his time. Other people around saw his wealth and were actually scared of him. Because they saw that God was blessing him. And they knew it had to be supernatural. The blessing of God upon him. You see, God, when he blesses, he blesses abundantly. And I'm bringing this out for a reason. Because sometimes in the past, people feel, well, you know, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't have anything extra. Well, I'm going to get into why God blesses his servants in a bit. But I also want to say at the beginning of this message, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't chase money or possessions. I learned a long time ago, 
you know, whatever you have, then you have to maintain it and fix it and make sure it stays. You know, so a lot of stuff is, it could be tiring. I don't chase stuff and I don't chase money. But I do know that God blesses and pours out abundantly for a reason. And yes, he wants to give you more than you expect so you can use it for his kingdom. All right, so he is good and he blesses abundantly. Look at Acts chapter 3, 25. He's explaining how Abraham's blessing also comes upon us. He says, you are the children of those prophets and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. And when God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. So the blessing of Abraham comes upon those who have accepted Christ. Look at Galatians 3 verse 7. It explains it even a little further. It says, The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. Now listen to verse 9. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessings Abraham received because of this faith. Did you catch that? All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessings Abraham received. Now, there you go. So if you've put your faith in Christ, you've joined Abraham's line, in a sense, and the blessing that was put on him. It doesn't say all who put their faith in Christ will be miserable and barely have enough, does it? I know nobody here is miserable. God is very clear that you and I, as Christians, should be blessed. And his blessing is amazing. You see, Scripture shows us also when we're talking about this promise of blessing, it comes through Abraham's line, through being in Christ. But he also shows us that the blessing, of, the blessing that he wants to give also comes through obedience. Okay, so this is important when we talk about Blessing. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six to 28 shows us this. Look, today I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from, and turn away from him and worship gods you have not known before. All right, Deuteronomy 28. I want you to see how much he wants to bless you. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 10. And he shows how many ways he wants to bless. In verse 1, Now it will come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. The blessings of God will overtake you. What does that mean? If you're obedient, doing what he's asked, you don't have to chase blessing. Blessing chases you. 
Do you see the difference? The world spends their focus in life trying to get and gain. We just need to say, okay, God, I'll be obedient, and the blessing gets us. Do you notice the difference there? So it doesn't take you over because you're not chasing it. It's chasing you. Ooh, I like that. I really like that. Okay, verse 3. Here's some of the ways he wants to bless you. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in the storehouse and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his way, then all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. In other words, if you are one of his, you should be blessed in such a manner that people who are not Christians will know there's something different. How does that happen for them? Oh, they must be serving God. God must be blessing them. The world can know that. The world can see that on us. So are we that blessed? Are we blessed in such a way that others take notice? Now we're talking about blessing. I want you to know that blessing is not only financial. Blessing is with your health. Blessing is with how God protects and watches over you. Blessing comes in many different ways from God. But the thing I want you to remember is that when God blesses, he blesses abundantly. I remember a story my wife told me from when she was young. And my wife's father was in ministry and he would travel sometimes and leave the family at home because they were going to school. And... One time she remembers that they ran out of food and there was nothing in the cupboards and nothing in the fridge. And so my wife's mom made bannock because there's always some flour around. And they were eating bannock and the, the kids asked her, well, how come we only have bannock for supper? And she said, well, because there's a bear in the fridge. And the kids were all like, a bear? I want to see. She goes, well, no, there's not actually a bear. The fridge is bare. But her mom said, well, let's pray about it because, you know, God is faithful and your dad is out doing ministry. Let's pray because God will answer. And they prayed about it. And not long after, there was a knock at the door. And the kids went to check the door. And there was a lady there and she said, God told us that we should buy you guys groceries. So we're here with groceries. So if the kids could come out and help us unload. The kids went out and there was a pickup truck and the back of the pickup truck was full of groceries. Dried goods, canned goods, fridge goods, completely failed. And my wife remembers it still because it seemed like they just kept unloading groceries. But what she remembers about it most is there was so many different kinds of food that they'd never eaten in their lives. 
because they would have never bought expensive food. And she told me that that was the first time she ever ate wagon wheels. And to this day, she loves wagon wheels. And if I bring home wagon wheels, it's amazing. All the memories come back, I think. But hey, that's how good God is. He didn't just bring them enough, but overflowed them. And he used people to do it. Now, I'm talking about you and I being blessed. Hey, can we be that blessed that we could take a pickup truckload to somebody else? Now, isn't that a good reason for being blessed? Not so we can hoard a pickup truckload for ourselves. Do you see why God wants to bless? And of course, that family that brought it was very blessed and apparently listened to the Lord at the right time. That to me is cool. You know, and speaking about that, the church care group, different ones of you are part of it. What an amazing thing to be able to start using that blessing in ways we can. So I'm excited about that as well. But God blesses, and he doesn't fool around. Now, as I said, blessing is not always finance, but there definitely is finance involved with blessing. And Malachi 3 verse 10 is one of those scriptures that talks about finance. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. You see, God, when he pours out a blessing, he wants to pour it out till it overflows you. Why? Not so that it be wasted, but so that you could use it for his kingdom. So that you could become generous toward others. You see, being Christians and being filled with blessing is for us to put our focus out from where we are. When God blesses you, put your mind and ask him, okay, well, how do you want me to use this blessing? I guarantee you will love what he says. Isaiah 1 verse 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You see, God's blessings can come from any direction in any way. You know, sometimes we in our minds think, well, I believe God can bless, but well, I got this job and this is the paycheck and that's all there is to it. I, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to always be this amount only, but that's not how God works. He can bring blessing from ways that you have never thought of. I remember hearing a story of a man who really didn't have too much and a lawyer got a hold of him and he was related to somebody he'd never met who had an inheritance that was now his. You don't know what God has in store, but you need to believe, you need to have faith that he wants to bless you abundantly. Romans 6 and verse 16 it says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? So we're talking about how obedience brings blessings still. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you've become slaves to righteous living. Verse 19 because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity, lawlessness. 
which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. And he continues on in verse 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the Lord Jesus wants to bless us here and now, but he also wants to bless us for all eternity. He wants to pour it out. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you and I to be a walking blessing. That's a fact. He doesn't want us to be walking discouraged and worried and fearful of tomorrow, fearful that we won't have or that we can't do. He wants you blessed. I read a story this week of a young man who was 21 years old. And he was actually going to college and he'd been praying to the Lord because uh, he just was praying about the area of blessing and finance. And he said he felt the Lord saying, declare blessing, believe for overflow, more than you've ever imagined. And he began to do that continually, even though he didn't have it at the time. You see, faith speaks and declares what God's going to bring not where you're at and what you see at the moment. When you declare and believe what he has, he opens a door. Now, I read the story. They didn't give ex exact details of how the finance came in, but before he became 22, so still in that same year, he ended up becoming a multimillionaire. You're like, no. Is that possible? Isn't that just people far away that we don't know that become multimillionaires? I don't know. Could somebody in this room be a multimillionaire? You can answer that. Could somebody in this room become a multimillionaire? I don't hear a lot of faith. Like, I don't know. Maybe somebody besides me. I'm in debt right now. Yes is the answer to that question. Why? Because if it's up to him, he can do anything. Anything. You have no idea what and how he can do it, but you have to believe it first if it's going to be possible for you. If you, in your mind, say, nope, there's absolutely no way I could, then there's no way you could because you won't allow God to get you to take steps. Because you see, God brings it in, but he expects you to take the step of faith. God will give you the idea or the open door, but you have to walk through the open door. If God opens a door in front of you that's going to bring in great wealth, but you're too scared to go through, then it's not for you. You see, having faith and trusting God for blessing requires you to take a risk and put your trust in him. Always. Now, just in case anybody's wondering, I'm not talking about taking a risk and going and buying a lottery ticket. That's gambling. That's not what I'm saying. Every time I bring that up, it goes quiet. Okay. <laughs> God doesn't bring wealth through gambling, okay? God brings wealth through obedience of the direction he's asking you to go. 
I know right now somebody just thought, well, what if God told me to go get a lottery ticket? Yay. God is not going to tell you to gamble. I'm just saying. But he will ask you to take steps of faith so that he can pour out blessing. What is he asking you to do? I don't know. Maybe someone in here, you're an investor, and he's going to tell you how to invest a certain way. But I can tell you this. God can give you the idea if you're willing. And he will. God's blessings are amazing and even beyond our imagination. Proverbs 10.22 says this. It says, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and adds no sorrow with it. You know, being rich is not a bad word. Sometimes we think that if someone's rich, they must be, you know, taking advantage of people or they did something or, oh, they just inherited it. I just need to tell you, as Christians, the word rich is not wrong. You guys are really quiet. Is it possible that someone in this room could be rich? Yes. Would that mean we shouldn't, you know, talk with them? It could be you. Does that mean there's, they must have, you know, cheated or done something wrong? No. It could be any of you. Any one of you. If you're like, well... You know, I'm getting older. I don't think it... What? Don't. Put no limits on God. God is not limited to our situation with what he wants to do. He is only limited by what we'll believe him for. That is it. He is only limited in your life by what you will believe, the level you will believe for. If you're only believing to be able to pay your bills at the end of the month, then that's what you limit him to doing. If you're believing for abundance, now you've set the level higher. Now, you can't believe for abundance and not be obedient with what he's already given you. I've already shared that verse. But if you're obedient with what he's already given you, then begin to believe at another level. And you will be amazed at what he wants to do. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18 says this. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. God desires to give you wealth. There's another word that sometimes people get nervous of, wealth. But why? So you can show it off and store it up? No, he said, so that you can do his kingdom purposes. You know, I found out many years ago that for God to do his work in ministry and church and whatever kind of ministry is called, it takes finance. Always. The people who do ministry over in those countries where kids need food, it takes finance. Doing ministry right here in Slave Lake, it always takes finance. But God says, I'm going to pour it in. I'm going to give wealth. That my kingdom purpose is fulfilled. So when God begins to pour out, your first question should be, how do you want me to use it, God? Where do you want me to use it? And he'll let you know, and if you're faithful, he begins to continually pour it in. Faithfulness with what he's given you now makes a difference with what he brings in the future. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Okay, I said his 
blessing that he wants to give is amazing and beyond what you can imagine. So let me ask you a question today. If you could just imagine that you wake up tomorrow and God has blessed you with whatever you can imagine, what would you imagine? And I'm going to tell you this right now. If this is hard and you actually are struggling with imagining any blessing at all, then we're going to be praying that God opens that door. Because you have to be able to believe it first. And if you can't even imagine it, you can't believe it. Revelation 21. You see, we've been talking about God's great blessing and how he wants to abundantly pour out on us. God wants to do it here on this earth, but he also has something prepared for us after this life. It's a place called heaven. And if you're wondering how abundant his blessings are, then you just need to get a little picture of heaven. Revelation 21, verse 1 and 2. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride for her husband. So John was a prophet and God gave him a vision of what would happen in the future. And he saw many things in his visions, but one thing he did see was a picture, a glimpse of heaven. And he used the word, the new Jerusalem. But he explains that there would be a new heaven, a new earth, and he saw the glory and splendor of what God was going to prepare for people. So I want to skip ahead in the chapter to verse 18, and we'll read a little bit what that city looks like, if you're wondering how much God wants to bless. It says, The construction of its wall was of jasper. The city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were ordained with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, and the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. God is going to bless abundantly here. God is also going to bless us beyond our wildest imaginations with what he's prepared in heaven. I can't even imagine in my mind what that city must look like. Yeah, you read all those jewels and the gold and the pearls. An entire gate made out of a pearl. That's a big pearl. You know, we've, we know pearls are made in clams, but I guess God's going to make that one without a clam unless he creates a giant clam. But he can make whatever he chooses and he can bless abundantly. Here's the reason I'm sharing this with you. The idea of abundance beyond what we can believe. Because I believe God wants to do things 
even more than he's ever done before in our lives. And I believe that God wants to bless some people with extreme blessing because he knows they can handle it. He knows they will use it the way he asks. You see, he's been preparing you and I for all our lives for what's next. And if we've been learning and growing through what he's brought us through, then he'll take us to the next. And for some, the next is going to blow you away. For some, your next is going to be more than just a little step, but a great step. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you extremely. Maybe this is not a term you've heard before, but God wants to bless you extremely. You see, I've felt in my spirit over the last number of months that God really wants to bless Slave Lake. And I feel in my spirit that there's going to be economic growth, that there's going to be expansion, that Slave Lake is going to grow in the next season more than it ever has before. God wants to pour out like never before in Slave Lake in that way. And I sense in my spirit that he wants to use people like you and I. Because here's the thing. Our church could be the catalyst that brings blessing to this community. Because by the blessing of the righteous, the city is exalted. Where is he going to start? Right here. So I need to ask you something. If we're going to be a catalyst to bless Slave Lake, a catalyst to transform the economy, what ideas has the Holy Spirit been giving you? Because you see, it's possible and it begins with an idea. I asked you to imagine, didn't I? But it begins with a Holy Spirit idea and then us taking the step. What has God spoken to you? What has he told you? What has he asked you to do? We're going to take a bit of time here and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to give us ideas to give us wisdom, knowledge, what he wants us to do, the step he wants us to take. And then we're going to pray for God to give us passion and wisdom and courage to step into what he's asked. You see, when God gives a vision, when God gives a dream, he's there to provide everything necessary to make it happen. He's simply looking for people who are willing, and as the song said, who are available. God has amazing things he wants to do, but he chose to work through people on this earth. And he needs people who are available and courageous. Do you have the courage to step out and do what he's asking? We began our message with the story of Abraham. He was told to do something courageous. Leave it all, go the direction I've said. Are you courageous enough to step out of the situation you're in completely and go where he says? If you are, you will bless. 